Welcome to the Portage Health Foundation podcast. My name is Michael Babcock. I am your host, and this is the third episode of our Giving Tuesday series we're doing for 2020. It's also going to be our final one, um, which is kind of a bummer. I know these interviews are pretty fun, and, and it's nice to get to know these nonprofits, but um, we got a lot of planning to do still in our end to make sure next week goes off really well. So thank you to everybody for tuning in. Um, this episode we will have, um, of course, Mary Niemela will be here from the Barbara Kettle Dunlock Shelter Home. We'll then go to Joe Panyon um, with the Calumet Township Fire Department. Uh, go over to the Copper Country Angel Mission, which will be a fun one. I don't know a lot about them, so it'll be nice to, to get to know the work that they do. And we'll finish up with Kathleen Harder, who is the new executive director over at Copper Country Senior Meals. So let's start off here with um, learning about the Barber Kettle Gunlock Shelter Home with Mary. Mary, welcome to the podcast episode. Good afternoon. Um, you are becoming a regular on the PHF podcast. So if you <laughs> if you enjoy listening to Mary talk and want to hear a lot more um, about a very serious topic and, and what things you can maybe do if, if somebody comes in contact with you and, and you know, tells about a situation they're in, um, go back through our archive, the PHF podcast, and listen to an episode that Mary and I uh, did in October. I think it was October. Yes. Um, it was a, yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. But today we're here talking about something much more exciting. Um, we're going to be talking about Giving Tuesday, which you can make your donations at phfgive.org slash Giving Tuesday. Um, we are matching up to $200,000 of your donations to 22 nonprofit organizations in Barriga, Houghton, Keweenaw, and Ontonagon counties, um, including the Barbara Kettle Gunlock Shelter Home, which has been a participant in the past. And uh, Mary, I want you to start off by telling us what is the shelter? What, what do you guys do? Um, those kind of things. Well, this year, I can honestly say that we are celebrating how many years we've been here this year. Um, last year was our 40th anniversary of being a funded domestic violence shelter in the state of Michigan. And this year, we are now celebrating our 40 plus one anniversary on December 9th. And uh, it'll be a dinner at the bonfire. And of course, if you look on all our social media pages and, and everyone else's as well that I've tried to um, scatter all the information about uh, the, the dinner on. So um, uh, look, look on our website and our uh, Facebook page for that information or in your email as well. Um, uh, I know so I'll be there that day. That's um, right. Looking, looking the Portage sharp. Health Foundation is one of our sponsors. And so if you're a corporate uh, business or, or, or a business even, or just a group of a family that want to make sure you get um, a space, you could be one of our sponsors. And there's three different levels for that, $100, $150, and $300. And the last two will include dinners and chances on some of our prizes. So, but you're looking, we're talking more about... Um, uh, the shelter itself. And we're, we're a 10 bed um, domestic violence shelter. And as I said, in the very beginning, we're, we've been funded since 1980 as a um, domestic violence shelter, one of the first five in the state of Michigan. So uh, we're the farthest north, um, not the farthest away from Lansing, that would be Ironwood by about 24 miles. But nonetheless, um, we are still quite a distance from where our main funders are. Um, but when we look at funding for locally and community, we just look out our front door. And that's exactly who we're talking about is our community all around us. We provide a service, the same service in Houghton, Keweenaw, and Ontonagon counties, although the shelter is located in Houghton County. But we have an outreach advocate in Ontonagon County that can go into the court system and provide services for victims of domestic violence there and their children. So... Um, 
um, that's that's what we're all about it at right now. Awesome. And I, I mentioned um, you guys have been a part of the Giving Tuesday since the very beginning. Um, the first year we got we did this together. Um, we raised uh, thirty one hundred dollars. The second year eighty four hundred dollars. Um, the first year that I was part of it and I got to know you and, and get to know your story a little bit, um, we were able to raise $35,000. Uh, and last year we did $39,000. That's a total um, of $85,939 that has been raised through Giving Tuesday um, for the Barbara Kittle Gunlock Shelter. That's the that's the, the uh, fourth highest of all of the organizations we work with. Wow. Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited um, about, about working with you guys on, on a lot of things, including that new shelter home. Tell people about that new shelter home and, and what how that's been. Uh, well, it's been great. But as far as the donations go, I've already heard, and I, I won't say who, but that we're, there are people letting us know that they are giving already towards the shelter. So that's encouraging to keep going and, and um, inspiring others to do as well. Um, but our new facility, we're just so happy to be in it. We went, um, for those of you that know, we've been a shelter since 1980, but we were have been in a facility from 1983 until um, this past April. We were in the um, old Agassiz house, which was four floors, and now we're moved into a one-story building not far from there. And we really love it. It's so much nicer. It's a smaller square footage building, but yet the communal living space for the clients is so much, so much more. And I have to say, we we couldn't have done it without the support from the community. It's just been wonderful. And no matter what way you you gave to us, whether it be monetary or your volunteer time, um, we have wonderful friends and family and, and strangers that we've met along the way that have helped us do everything from painting to moving to helping us decorate the walls in the, in the facility by bringing us their photos on, um, to hang on our walls. And it, it's just been wonderful. People came over and helped us make beds and they've provided bedding for the um, bedrooms. And um, it's, it's, it's incredible. I can't even, I can't even think of everybody that's helped us get here. And uh, it's certainly been um, much nicer for our clients as well. We have a, a front entrance, which for non-residents, um, they don't have to go through the rest of the shelter. So it's been really good. Excellent. And, uh, and well, we have our own offices. All our yes. staff does. So. <laughs> um, I get, did get a tour of the facility when you guys had an open house uh, earlier this year. Um, it's a beautiful facility, and, and I was able to um, actually donate a couple of photos from the foundation. And, yes. Um, and I was really excited about those, to get those on the walls. A couple of the photographers we've worked with for different projects um, did some took some awesome photos. Um, while you were talking, we did receive a $100 donation um, you know, that just came in for the uh, Onondaga County Cancer Association. So oh, it's fun okay. to watch those donations come in. Um, and, and we are recording this at 2 o'clock um, on Tuesday the 23rd, so a week before Giving Tuesday. And we are already over um, over thirty five thousand dollars in online donations, um, and a lot more offline donations. So it's um, it's been a really good year so far. Hopefully, we can keep that going. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the next question I want to ask you is: is what kind of year has it been for you guys in terms of um, utilization at the shelter? Mm. Well, we've been very busy. Um, I wanted to have another open house just so we could you know show off the facility again. And every time I think, well, okay, we're gonna we can do that in the next couple of days, the doorbell rings and then we, we can't do it. You know, we, we try to keep things as confidential as we can in this type of facility for safety reasons. And um, so we've, we've been very busy 
uh, not only residential-wise, but also non-residents as well. Excellent. Um, and the big dinner you guys have coming up, December 9th, 5.30, social hour dinner, 6 o'clock dinner. If you go to their website, bkgshelterhome.org, and that's bkgshelterhome.org, while there, you can you can learn all about the organization, um, seeing what they have going on. Um, you can get your the, the flyer there to get your tickets. You actually have to call to get tickets. Is that right? Are there still tickets available? Oh yes, of course, definitely. We you know we've just been getting the PR out about that, and and um, I'm hoping people will call as soon as they think they can add it to their um, social agenda. And uh, there isn't necessarily a ticket; it's a reservation. And you'll, when you come that night, it'll be, your name will be checked off and it'll be on a list waiting for you. Um, that night we're having some chance drawings as well. And Michigan tech has given us a half a season of hockey um, for their, their games. So that's one chance drawing. And we're going to also have a basket of gift cards throughout the community. We did that last year for one of the um, fundraisers for our um, build a bedroom campaign we had and oh my gosh it was such a huge success so we're hoping that will be helpful to people especially around the holiday time as well when they're shopping to either give those gift cards away or to use them to buy buy things for other people and um so that dinner if you just call the shelter or you can as listed on our website you can call my cell phone number or text as well which is 281-3464 the shelter's number is 337-5632. And if you want to pay ahead of time, you can send us a check at P.O. Box 8 in Calumet, um, Michigan 49913, or you can go on our website and hit make a donation and go through PayPal and pay that way as well. And we said it's 40 plus one, so the dinner is $41 per person. And... Um, uh, so we're, we're really hoping to get a nice turnout and Tom Cataline is playing on the other side, um, that night on, on the, um, restaurant side. So it's, um, he'll be playing from six 30 to nine 30 as, as well. So that'll be nice if after dinner to go over there and listen to some of his music. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Again, if you want to support the shelter home, go to phfgive.org slash giving Tuesday. Um, while there, fill out the donation form um, and be sure to click on the Barber Kettle Gun Lock Shelter Home as your place you're donating to. Uh, Mary, is there anything else you want to mention here on the podcast? I just want to thank everyone who's considering donating to Hashtag Giving Tuesday this year, not just for our agency, but of course for others as well. But um, we certainly at the shelter here appreciate everything that people do for us. And, and uh, uh, we get a lot of new givers during this time as well. So it's we appreciate that. Thank you. Excellent. Well, thank you. Um, after this awkward tone, I'll be right back with uh, Joe Panion from the Calumet Township Fire Department. Uh, welcome back to this Giving Tuesday special edition of the Portage Health Foundation podcast. We are now joined by Joe Panion with the Calumet Township Fire Department or Fire and Rescue. Is that the correct term there? Yeah, Calumet Township Fire and Rescue. And you guys are now the Firemen's Club too, as you're uh, for the first year in, in quite a while, you're a nonprofit organization again. Correct. Yep. We're now known as the CTFR Firemen's Club. Excellent. And uh, we're, we're happy you guys did that because that made you eligible to do Giving Tuesday this year. Um, and you guys are a first year partner of ours. So I'm going to ask you, and, and I think most people have a general idea of what a fire department is, but I want you to talk about your fire department. What makes your department special and what you guys do? So our fire department, we obviously cover 
the majority of Calumet Township. So Calumet Township's a unique area. Inside our township, we have two villages, Lorium and Calumet Village. So the two, those two towns have their own fire departments. We cover every place else. Um, roughly, I believe it's 33 square miles um, of fire protection that we render to the residents of Calumet Township, offering off-road rescue, high-angle rescue. Um, we have our platform aerial truck for 100 feet for, you know, chimney fires that tend to happen around this time of year. Um, yeah. Awesome. And and what's interesting, too, is you, you said a kind of weird area of uh, you're helping with the two villages as well when, when needed. Um, you're actually located between them with your fire hall, right? Yes, we are. We are, I guess you could call it the rose between two thorns. <laughs> Maybe not quite that far, but I, I mean, we're, we're pretty much a mile, a mile into Lorium is the Lorium Fire Hall, a mile into the Cabinet Village is the Cabinet Village Fire Hall, which is it. sharing the same building as the uh, theater. Yep, yep. And I was able to make it over to your uh, your pancake breakfast one year. So I've been in the, the, the station. It's a nice station. You guys have some good... Uh, good uh, materials to work with in there and the trucks are nice too we do we have uh, right now our our station's a five bay station um our pancake breakfast is held in what we call the the new bays um which was added on probably 30 40 years ago Excellent. um <laughs> so in in there you know we we utilize it for many different things we have graduation parties in there too and um, our pancake breakfast is held every year um, on Easter Saturday. So this year, Easter happens to be late in the month of April. Um, so we're looking at our pancake breakfast being April 16th this year. Excellent. And that's the biggest fundraiser you guys do every year to kind of cover your expenses? Yep. Yep. That's our that's our biggest fundraiser on top of – so that's our regular fundraiser. Um, this year, we're actually hosting the 2022 UP – UP Firemen's Tournament again. Oh, uh, we wow. had it up here. We had it up here two years ago. So it'll be back again. It'll be back in Calumet Township again. Cool, cool. And that was the that was the one that was in um, Twin Lakes this year, or was that the Copper Country one? No, that that was the Copper Country one in Twin Lakes. And you guys have the whole UP one. That's awesome. That was a big deal last time, and uh, should be a lot of fun to get up there for it. Do you have dates on that? I'm putting you on the spot. I know you probably weren't ready for that. Ooh. Event dates for that. We are going, it's the last Thursday, Friday, Saturday of July. So July 28, 29, and 30. Excellent. Excellent. Put that on your calendars, folks. Mark that down because it should be a fun one. And that's a, not only is it a really festive time, but it's a good one for businesses to prepare for because um, I know there's a lot of money to be made with all the firemen in town and all the fun to be had like that. Um, oh, absolutely. So one of, yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, is the Giving Tuesday. It's your first year participating. Um, if anybody wants to donate or listening to this, um, it's pretty easy to donate. Just go to phfgive.org slash Giving Tuesday. Um, while there, uh, fill it out. Make sure you select Calumet Township Fire and Rescue um, through the options there to make sure the donation will go to them. You can also mail us a check at 400 Quincy Street in Hancock, Michigan. Um, and if you do that, have the check written out to Portage Health Foundation and then mark the, the, the place where you would like it to go to in the memo line or with the separate note that goes with it. Or you can also come and drop off the check here 
at our offices. Um, we're office. We're open normal business hours. Um, next Tuesday is going to be a fun day to stop by. We'll actually have our office open from roughly 5 a.m. until 6 p.m. Um, so if you wanted to come by and drop the check off, that would be totally acceptable as well. Um, <clears throat> but I want to talk to you about the what you guys are going to do with the funds. Um, you know, every year there's a there's a ton of donations that come in, and every organization gets a different amount. But the the lowest amount last year I think was about three thousand dollars. The highest was over a hundred thousand um, dollars. I expect you guys will be somewhere in between there. Uh, mm -hmm. But what what do you guys plan to do with the funds you raise for this year? So with the funds that we raise this year, we're hoping to use these funds to either kick off or potentially even fund a new off-road rescue vehicle for us. Um, so right now, our current off-road rescue vehicle is what's called a Mud Ox. Uh, it was bought brand new in 2005, and it was kind of the first of its kind. Um, so obviously, as things age, things tend to wear and tear. Um, we've been having a lot of issues with belts blowing um, during calls that are kind of critical for us to respond out to whether it be the Sweet Town Trails or, um, you know, one of the snowmobile trails up north. Um, so we've just been having equipment issues here and there. And it'd be nice just to update and get something more comfortable for both A, the patient, and B, all of the operators of the um, equipment as well. Yeah, I could, I could absolutely see that. Um, so that's uh, that's that's an exciting thing. Do you have any idea what the cost of a machine like that will cost? Roughly, we're we were doing some rough estimates and looking through. Roughly, we're in the ballpark of about forty to sixty thousand dollars. Wow, that's an expensive machine. Um, so let's uh, let's kick this off, folks. Get your don donations in because this is going to be a, a good way to get this started. And um, obviously, especially with the tourism up here um, being as crazy as it's been. Um, something like that could very well be saving saving lives uh, very quickly as soon as you guys get it. Um, so hopefully everybody will get out there and make those donations. I, uh, one thing I did want to talk to you about, Joe, while I have you here, is um, you know the, I like to when we do these Giving Tuesdays think about the last year that we had, and um, COVID's obviously been kind of a, a highlight for a lot of the different organizations, and I've talked to them or low light really, um, you know, dealing with different parts of that. Um, as a fire department, that hasn't probably been too much of a of a um, thing for. For you guys but what has been a big thing this last year was the fire in calumet um i remember when that happened just seeing the you know waking up to i'm actually on the group chat with joe and i'm seeing all the videos from what was going on um downtown calumet that night um talk people a little bit about that scene especially if you know some people listening to this might not even know that fire happened what what happened that day and then what was it like for your your department so yeah that night it was uh if i remember correctly it was a. Uh... It was a Friday night when the fire happened. Um, it just so happened that with COVID, I happened to be taking the EMT course because there was nothing else to do in the wintertime. So I happened to be up at our fire hall with, you know, another gentleman of that's on our department. We were working on our practical skills because that next morning we had our practical skills exam down in Baraba. Um, But we happened to be, we happened to, be up there practicing and I still get our text pages for Calumet Village. I used to be on Calumet Village. Um, in 2017, I came over to the Calumet Township. So I got the text page for, you know, smoke coming from what appeared to be the Copper Country Arts Building. So I told everybody that was up there, I said, you know, it says that there's smoke showing from some building on Fifth Street. 
uh, maybe two seconds after I got that text page, one of our other guys called and said, you know, there's smoke billowing out of the Evergreen. Get the trucks rolling. We, we got to go. Well, no sooner did we hang up hang up on that phone call, um, our, paid, our pagers went off, and then um, Lorian Village's pagers also went off. Um, so that was roughly at about 10 o'clock. Um, fast forward a little bit to about midnight or so when, you know, the big portion of the fire is actually going on. That was by far the largest fire I've, I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I hope, I hope that's the largest fire I'll ever see or ever be a part of. Um, it really showed, you know, how all the departments have their own, have their own unique, I don't want to say need, but they have their, their own, you know, their own use. Yeah. Strengths and weaknesses maybe. So like all of our all of our departments up like Calumet, Moriam, Calumet Township, Amik, um, and Lakeland, and we were supplying water to the aerials that were set up and supplying water to the hand lines. Um, Houghton and Hancock also showed up for their aerials and to, um, for more hand lines. Um, roughly around midnight is when we started our tanker shuttle, which I never thought I'd see a tanker shuttle set up in the middle of town, but um, hats off to Danny Sarazen for organizing and orchestrating that. But I mean, it was, uh, any taker, any tanker pretty much north of the bridge was going round and round through the village of Calumet. So, um, we were on scene probably, I left the scene at about six thirty that next morning, um, pretty much ran home and showered and went down to Berga for our practical exam. Did you pass? Me and Dylan Boberg, we did pass. Good, good for you guys. That's uh, that's incredible that you went from fighting a fire like that all the way down to doing practicals for something like that. So I know we were, our fire department, we cleared the scene at about 8 o'clock, and I think Calumet Village cleared the scene around noontime that day, that next day. Um, so, did yeah, it, that was... Did that, uh, that whole experience, that change your perspective on being a fire fireman? I know you've been uh, with the department for a few years now, but um, I imagine that that was the first real large fire um, that you've been a part of like that. It was. It was uh, definitely an eye opener to, you know, you you hear, you hear, you know, all the older guys tell these stories on, you know, the Fifth Street fires of the '70s and '80s, where you know you had the Red Garter, you had, you know, the old College Inn. Um, that pretty much talking with my dad that next day, he said that was comparable to, you know, those fires there. So. You know, it was, I don't want to say, it, it was devast, it's devastating to the, to the town, but I mean, it's cleaned up and I'm not sure what the future use of the lots are, but only time will tell. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for um, doing that. I, I, it's, it's incredible work that all of you guys did to, to, you know, fight the fire like you did and, and, you know, keep people safe as much as possible. Um, you know, there, I believe there's no fatalities, correct? There was no fatalities, and that's that's uh, ultimately um, the biggest thing that matters is that you guys were able to you know get everybody out of there and, and keep the buildings around it safe enough where 
you know, nobody died and as, as few people as possible were affected. But I know that it's been interesting to follow up those people afterwards. The Salvation Army did a lot of work with that and, and others yeah. to keep those to get those people in, in places where they can uh, thrive again. Um, well, Joe, I, I want to thank you so much for doing this interview. Um, is there anything else that'd be interesting for people to know about the Calumet Township Fire Department? I'd say we're we're always accepting applications for new volunteers. Um, applications you can you know ask one of one of the firemen that's on the department or stop by and see uh, Beth over at the township office and she'll be more than happy to hand you an application. Um, fill it out, bring it back up to Beth, or again find one of us and um, turn it into us and. We look forward to seeing those applications come in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joe. And again, if you want to donate, phfgive.org slash giving Tuesday. Well, there, fill out the donation form, select the nonprofit you want it to go to. You can also select uh, to, to go to all 22 nonprofits if you'd like to split your money between all of them, um, whatever makes the most sense for you. And we will be right back um, with the Copper Country Angel Mission. All right, now we are going to go from one Calumet organization to another one that's actually based in Calumet, um, actually very near where the um, the fire was that Joe was talking about. Um, actually, and I'm, I'm going to we'll kind of start there because I'm actually interested to hear what what the experience you guys had was. This I'm with Sherry Middlemiss Brown, um, who is with the Copper Country Angel Mission, which is a relatively new organization in name, but has been around our community for a couple of decades now. Um, so, Sherry. Um, talk a little about, um, you guys actually have a location right across from where the fire was, right? Yes, we do. We're located at 119 Fifth Street, and that was directly across the street from the fire. And um, yeah, it was awesome, disturbing, uh, very frightening. Um, one of our, our store managers actually went downtown to um, see what was going on. The fire department had to keep uh, water on our building the whole time of the fire because oh, the heat wow. was so extreme, even across the street. So yeah, it was scary. Yeah. What a, what a situation. But we're not here to talk about that right now. We're here to talk about your amazing organization. So um, you guys are new to Giving Tuesday. We're really excited to have you. Um, I know when we went through our applications and our staff was kind of talking about this, you know, I looked at it and I was like, where, where, what is this group? <laughs> and the rest of the staff uh, had a very good perspective of you guys and was really excited um, that you, uh, you know, applied and, and really excited about partnering with you guys. So tell us what you guys do. Okay. Well, we are kind of the quiet little charity that's that's been around since the mid-1990s. Uh, and we started out uh, being supported basically as a mission of the Presbytery of the Mackinac and Portage Lake United Church in Houghton. But we were located in Calumet the whole time. Um, actually before that, the Presbyterian Church in Calumet was, was our supporter. And uh, so since about uh, 2011, we have been under the Portage Lake United Church. Um, but in the last few years, we've realized with the way circumstances change when you're renting a building that we need a home of our own. And to do that, we really needed to have our own corporation that could go out and purchase uh, property, hold property. And so we developed Copper Country Angel Mission. And we are a charitable organization, organization that serves all of Copper Country, all four of the counties. Uh, we have folks come in from Montanaga and up from Baraga to, to get assistance from us. 
And what we do is a combination of things. We have a free store where you can literally come in and, and take something from the store for free. We only ask that if you're capable of giving us a donation to show us the value of that item, that's wonderful. And that free store is open to people of all economic levels because we find that people who are able to give do, and they do so quite generously. Um, we also have various programs that we um, hold throughout the year. We have the school backpack program that is done in August. And uh, basically we give out about 300 uh, backpacks to children. And these backpacks are filled with school supplies that should last them through the year. That's awesome. What, what, uh, like, what, what students, how do students sign up for that? That's amazing. Their parents um, see it on Facebook or have become aware of it through other um, you know, media presence and uh, they give us a call and they register their kids and, and we take it from there. Then they can come and pick up the backpack when it's put together for the kids. That's amazing. So it's, all age, it's all age appropriate stuff, you know, so we get the information on, on the kids, the, the gender, the age and, and that sort of thing. That's so cool. I had no idea. Yeah. Tell me, tell me more of the programs you guys do. Okay. Well, we do have a food pantry okay. and it's, um, it's, quite a nice pantry. We really emphasize quality food. Uh, we try to stay away from the processed foods because we feel that good nutrition is extremely important to folks and, uh, you know, kind of goes towards their success too. If they're eating healthy, they'll be more successful in their lives. So, so we emphasize um, produce and, and quality foods. Um, so we gave out, I think it was 10,000 pounds of food last year through the food pantry. That's a lot of food. That is, that is. And it served about 400 adults, I think, and 200 children. So it is a lot of food. And uh, currently we're in um, two of our biggest programs of the year, which are the coat giveaway and the uh, angel tree. And the coat giveaway is just what it sounds like. We um, take in coats. We used to take in uh, lightly used coats and uh, distribute them by taking them to various venues throughout Copper Country. Because of COVID, we're now taking those coats and other items in and we're distributing them from the store right next door to our store. That storefront is available to us. And so people do have to come and get them now rather than to going to various venues in the copper country. But it's much bigger than coats. We give out generally over 400 coats um, and jackets every year, but also uh, boots, snow pants, and hats. And just in the last couple of weeks that we have been open with the, the coat giveaway, we've already given out 300 coats and 100 pair of boots. Uh, at least 80 pairs of snow pants and 150 hats and gloves. And that's this year alone already? Yes, this this year in the last two weeks. Wow. And you guys, how much longer will the coat giveaway go for? We are going to hold it well into winter this year. Since we are located, you know, at the one storefront rather than going out to the other counties. Um, we feel that we should leave it going a little bit longer so people get a chance to get to us and, and get what they need. Um, but we are still in need of a few more items. We need men's jackets. Uh, we still need snow pants. We're always looking for those because kids tend to wear them out in the knees. Yeah. 
um, women's uh, boots and men's gloves. Although we've gotten some really good support from area businesses um, such as Tractor Supply, Walmart, Ericsson's. AutoPro is actually one of the drop-off sites that if you have items either new or lightly used that you'd like to drop off, you can uh, drop it off at AutoPro, Auto Glass and & Tire in Houghton. And they have also given us a number of things that, that are new. And that's the one exciting thing about this program. We now get so many new coats from folks and folks that um, make purchases in the springtime, you know, when, when coats go on sale and then they drop them off with us in the fall. It's just amazing. That's, that's incredible. It is, yeah. There are quite a few other um, businesses and individuals that have been um, giving quite generously to this program. That's a, I, again things I had no idea about. So these are this is fun, and uh, I think you, you lightly mentioned something called the Angel Tree too. Yes, we're Tell me about uh, that. sure. It's our Christmas program, and we call it the Angel Tree because we used to um, have parents come in, fill out or register their children to receive a few gifts, and we'd fill it out on a paper angel and without the kid's name, and then give those out to um, patrons who would be willing to go out and do the shopping for the kids. Mm -hmm. um, they, the parents register the child for two wants and two needs. And uh, then we, we give them out to the uh, patrons to do the shopping, and then they bring them back to the Angel Mission where we gather them together and call the family and say, you know, the gifts are ready. That's awesome. Yeah. What a, what are awesome things that you guys do. Um, and is there any kind of uh, regular programs you do, like the food pantry to, uh, as well? Yes, the food pantry continues year round. Um, we're open on Wednesdays and Saturdays for, for the food pantry. Kind of an exciting thing, the Incredible Bank gave us 24 Thanksgiving meals this year oh, wow. to give out. We, yeah. we usually do that anyways, but it's so nice to have their support in doing that as well. That's a, you guys incredible, of course. I'm, you know, classic incredible bank doing incredible things, good, good stuff. Um, all of this sounds amazing. Also, I, one of the things I do when we do these podcasts, I just got a notification that uh, somebody just donated $250. So that's awesome. Oh, so, wonderful. Um, yeah, and that was to the Barbara Kettle Gunlock Shelter. So uh, as we go through this, that was uh, James Rupee um, that did that. So thank you to James for doing that. Um, we, we uh, have been accepting donations for quite a while now. We're over 150 donors. Um, so far for the year, um, over 35,000 online, 37,000 online now, um, as well as a lot uh, in person as well. So if people wanted to donate, you can go online, phfgive.org slash giving Tuesday, or you can stop in our office, 400 Quincy Street, um, and drop off a check or mail us a check. Um, uh, so back to what you guys do, Copper Country Angel Mission, how can people follow you guys? Where can people find you? Do you have a website? Um, we are on Facebook, and that's probably the best way to get fresh information and up-to-date information. We have a website that we're working on, but it's it's still under construction, so it hasn't been completed. There is the opportunity to give on the website if you'd care to do that as well. Awesome. You guys are accepting donations all year, and they are a nonprofit, so that is tax deductible. So Correct. Um, definitely get out and support them. We would, we would love to see that. Um, I, I'm just really happy that you guys are partnering with us. A couple of questions, too, that jumped out. Um, you know, you guys are called Angel Mission. Is there um, uh, any kind of religious aspects to the giving you guys do? Uh, not at this point. No, there isn't. Um, the, the whole thing started out as New Beginnings Angel Mission. And so we wanted to keep that Angel Mission 
portion of the of the name. But no, we are a secular organization, and we don't um, we're not selective as to whom we help. It's you know completely open. Our our you know volunteer uh, volunteers come from everywhere. So awesome. yeah. It's, and same with the, and then on a, um, if people were interested in utilizing your services, um, do you guys have income requirement things that people will need to know about? We do not. Uh, we don't go into that. Uh, we figure that we'll leave that up to people's um, privacy and, mm -hmm. and their discretion if they need help. But we do help with things such as utility shutoffs, um, evictions, transportation for, for medical care that's out of the local area, that okay. sort of thing that, that we also do. So if you have a strong need and, and no other way to, to fill it, you know, come and talk to us because if we can't help you, we'll try to connect you to an agency or to an organization that can help you. I think one of my favorite things about working with um, the different nonprofit organizations is how many will say that. Um, you know, I, 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 the people will help, you know, if you're in the, in the business of helping people, you'll find them to help even if they can't be the user that does it. So. Um, I want to thank you, Sherry, for taking the time to do this podcast with us. Um, and thank you for the work you're doing in, in making our community a better and healthier place. Um, we really appreciate it. Again, if you want to donate to support them, phfgive.org slash giving Tuesday. Um, and then in the in the drop down, select Copper Country Angel Mission um, to make that happen. And Sherry, is there anything else you want to mention before we sign off? I just want to thank uh, Portage Health Foundation for all the good things that you do in this community. It's It's wonderful. We appreciate well, you. Yeah, thank you. I'll pass that word along to the rest of the staff too. They'll be happy to hear that. Um, and again, we're this is the special Giving Tuesday edition of the PHF podcast. So we are done here now with Sherry Middle, Miss Brown. I really appreciate you doing this interview. And now we're going to go thank over you. and hear from Kathleen Harder. Well, I personally really enjoyed that interview with Sherry. I learned a lot about the Copper Country Angel mission. And um, let me tell you, I I am thoroughly impressed. Um, that is an amazing organization, and I hope that people who go out there consider donating to them, just like I hope people go out and consider donating to Copper Country Senior Meals. Um, and right now we are joined by Kathleen Harter, the new executive director over at Senior Meals. Uh, Kathleen, welcome to the PHF Podcast. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> Making your uh, podcast debut with the foundation. I like it. Um, you are new to Senior Meals, so why don't you um, give your little background on where you came from and what brought you to Senior Meals? Sure. I've been um, the new executive director at Copper Country Senior Meals since early July of 2021. And previous to that, I had worked for the National Park Service here in the Copper Country for about 18 years up at um, Keweenaw National Historical Park. And then throughout the country before that, but originally um, born and raised in Upper Michigan, and went to school over at um, Lake Superior State University years ago and got a park and rec degree. But then over the course of the years, I had done a lot of work with nonprofits and um, had been very involved with Little Brothers, Friends of the Elderly, and other nonprofits in the area, including Lake Superior Stewardship Initiative, and then working with a lot of the heritage sites with um, Keweenaw National Historical Park, and have just been always very... Um, impressed with what nonprofits do in the area. And in 2016, I went back and I got a master's degree in nonprofit management with an emphasis on food and food justice. And in 2018, I graduated with that master's degree and 
really enjoyed putting some of what I was learning into practice. But when the job opportunity came open for Copper Country Senior Meals and I applied, I was just thrilled to be able to be considered and then selected for the position and to be able to now fully put into use um, years of experience working with nonprofits, but then also some of that, you know, hands-on and um, educational knowledge too. I, I'm still uh, shocked every time I hear that that degree you got. It just seemed like you were um, perfectly suited and waiting for this this role. How's it been so far? I mean, you've been there a, a few months now. How's it been? Has it been fun, interesting, exciting? Every all of those, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I mentioned working in the area with um, some other organizations that have worked with seniors, and I've, I mean, I've just always enjoyed working, not only with people. Um, children, all ages, but especially seniors. And, um, you know, we're all going to become a senior at some point, hopefully. And just being able to give back and work with people in this capacity has been very rewarding, very humbling, but it's just such a great way to be able to give back and to connect with people. And so, yeah, you said exciting, rewarding. It's been all of that. It's been exciting with learning everything. The learning curve has been huge. <laughs> but um, also, I guess, just very rewarding, as I was saying, with the level of dedication and commitment that exists within the organization. That part itself has also been truly humbling. That's uh, that's good to hear. And, and Senior Meals, though, is actually one of our original Giving Tuesday partners. So um, they've been doing this longer than you and I have been doing this Giving Tuesday thing. <laughs> uh, right. Their first right. year they did it was 2017. Uh, they brought in $1,000. The second year they was uh, they brought in $5,000. The third year they brought in $5,600. And last year they had their best year ever um, from a Giving Tuesday perspective, bringing in $19,311, which is um, pretty awesome. And, and my hope, and I hope your hope to, I imagine, is to, to um, better that number this year, which is, that's a high bar you guys set last year. Definitely. And, you know, I think that's a testament to the organization itself and how committed people are in the community to giving back and to caring for the people in our community and caring for the seniors that live and have lived here for a very long time. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just a huge thank you to the community to continue to give and to continue to increase in the giving each year. And yes, I am competitive, so I would love to beat what we raised last year if we could. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really encouraging and we're very grateful for that community support. And we couldn't, we, I mean, we, we truly, it's needed and something that we rely on. We do receive some funding. And I don't know if this is a question you're going to get into, Michael, or not, but I mean, we do receive some funding from yeah. the federal and state level. But we really do rely on donations to help those daily operational expenses and what we're able to do each day. Excellent. Well, I hope people think about that when they're doing their uh, their giving this year. And, um, you know, one thing we haven't really talked about, and, and, you know, there are probably some first time listeners who might not be that familiar with with what Copper Country Senior Meals is. So could you give a little overview on what, what you guys do? Sure. Um, you know, there's it's not just serving a meal to the seniors. It's kind it's a two part um sort of relation or piece. So we do um, daily home delivery meal service to seniors, people over 60, who are primarily homebound. And 
when we do those meal deliveries, we are also doing a daily wellness check. So we're checking on the senior, saying hello, just asking, how are you doing? Checking in with them to see that they're okay. And for many of the, or for some of the seniors, quite a few of them, we might be the only person that actually visits that person that day and maybe even that week or sometimes for several weeks. So our role is not only to provide a daily nutritious meal, but also to be that check-in for that person and to just connect with them and help alleviate some of that social isolation that many people might feel when they're living alone, when they've either lost um, a spouse or when you start to get up there, you lose a lot of friends and it becomes pretty lonely. So we do provide, as I mentioned, home delivered meals five days a week. And then we also have what are called congregate sites. And these are for people who are still able to drive and to get around. But again, maybe they live alone or maybe they just want to get out more and they want to socialize with other. So they will come to a common meeting location and we will bring a hot meal there and serve that. And that's an opportunity for them to socialize and share with one another too while having lunch. Excellent. And um, all of this is available. Um, is it free or do people have to pay? So that um, that's an interesting question. We um, The suggested donation for our meals is $4 a meal. And that $4 is really covering the operational costs. You know, the staff to produce the meal, the kitchen, the facilities, the transportation to be able to get those meals delivered hot every day. Now, if a person can't actually afford that $4 suggested donation per meal, we will try to provide, we will provide that meal for them. And that's where that community donation really becomes vital and important because that goes back to helping support seniors who aren't able to pay for a meal themselves. So we won't deny people a meal if they can't afford to pay for it. Excellent. So what I'm hearing is, is you, these donations here are, are um, going to be helping to, to feed people that might not be able to afford it, um, but also provide those same people with with a wellness check. And, and there's a lot of value in that um, for, for people. You know, we've been through quite a bit, all of us collectively, these last couple of years. And COVID, especially early on with not knowing how everything was working and how everything was happening, a lot of people were in isolation for a very long time, especially our seniors, being a more vulnerable population. And we have had a number of seniors that have said, you know, thankfully the congregate site opened and I was able to meet with people again because I've been so lonely. And we have been noticing people who are fighting depression, fight, you know, they're already maybe living alone. And then you add on the pandemic on top of that which creates further isolation. Um, you know, I was out doing a route with one of our delivery drivers um, this summer and she was introducing me to some of the people on the route. And I remember going into a home and um, the woman just reached out to shake my hand and just hold my hand and just said, it's so nice just to have and touch another human hand. You know, when you live alone and maybe you only have a pet, which is incredibly important, but just to have that other person come in and share an experience part of the day with you, even just for a few minutes, is so incredibly important. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, that is reason enough to go out and support Copper Country Senior Meals this year with Giving Tuesday. 
And we're going to finish up the interview. Kathleen, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? I guess if I could, I would, could I just share a little story about, um, I was actually eating up at one of our congregate sites up at, um, in Keweenaw County. We have one site up there in Keweenaw County up in Mohawk. And I was asking the seniors, so why do you come every day? Why do you come travel to this congregate site for lunch? And the responses were not maybe quite what I expected, but they really resonated with me. And, um, you know, one person said, you know, I live alone and I like to eat fresh food, but I go and I buy fresh food and it often goes bad before I can eat it the whole time. And then another person at the table jumped in and said, yeah, or you make a meal and you have to eat the same meal over and over and over again that week. You know, And so thinking about when you live alone, how you have to reduce a recipe or how do you cook to make a meal for just yourself? You know, sometimes people wonder why would one maybe choose to have a home delivered meal service like this? And that's part of it when you live alone, not only to have somebody come and visit, but also to help create and have nutritious meals on a daily basis. So, yeah. Maybe that's it. not the and best thing in the interview, but I just was, that resonated with me, somebody who's been single before and like, oh, I can relate to that. You know, I can understand, but yeah. Yeah, it's a great, Definitely. great organization that I'm just truly impressed by all that is done for it and what it does for the seniors. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen, for making time. We appreciate it. Um, and those of you listening, um, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our entire Giving Tuesday series. Um, it's been really fun to interview all these nonprofits, especially this one where we got to meet the Barbara Cattle Gunlock Shelter, Calumet Township Fire Department, Copper Country Angel Mission, and now Kathleen with Copper Country Senior Meals. If you want to support these nonprofits and 18 others just like them um, doing amazing work in our community, go to phfgive.org slash Tuesday. You can also drop a check off at the Portage Health Foundation office, which is at 400 Quincy Street in the fifth floor. Um, we have normal office hours, so on. Uh, we won't be open on Thursday or Friday with the holiday, but we will be open on Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday would be an awesome day for you to stop by as we'll have a bunch of nonprofits around um, doing media interviews and, and other things to promote Giving Tuesday. And um, we'd love to see you. Uh, come drop your check off. That'd be great. Or if you want to mail it, that works too. Uh, again, the address, 400 Quincy Street, right out to Portage Health Foundation. Make a note for which organization you want it to go to. Um, and you can mail it as long as it's postmarked by... Uh, by Giving Tuesday itself, that will count as the amount that goes into it. And of course, we're matching $200,000 this year. So your money is going to go a little further than it normally does, which is an awesome feeling to have that happen. Thanks again, Kathleen, for being on the podcast. Thank you. And let's get past 19000 this year. <laughs> yes, make it happen, folks. Right, right in Copper Country Senior Meals so we can make that happen. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you guys next episode.